It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced white knuckle race just crossed the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. Uh, unfortunately, we got to do another one of these deals where we start to show off with some sad news. The racing community lost one over the weekend. Justin Owens passed away after injuries sustained in an accident. I think that was on Saturday is when he passed uh, away. Yeah, I think it was Saturday evening. He was in uh, qualifying efforts for a USAC race and uh, was um, – I talked to a local sprint car guy about it. He said he saw the clip before they pulled it off the internet and uh, said that uh, it was just kind of one of those deals where um, the car just lost control. And in the way that it lost control, there was you know very little chance of him getting back control of it. And the way it landed, and just a bad deal and uh, – I think they announced just shortly after his accident that uh, he had uh, passed away due to his injuries sustained. Uh, Lawrenceburg Speedway, I believe, is where it happened at. Yeah, I believe that's in Indiana, and it was a USAC sprint car race, so it was a wingless sprint car. Um, they're inherently more dangerous without the mm-hmm. wing to slow down the momentum from the flips. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's, I'd read a couple evidently firsthand accounts that I'd found. I still hadn't, I hadn't seen any clips on it, but evidently it was just a, uh, what started out as kind of a normal type flip, but then it, I don't know, he took a weird bounce or something and it just became very violent. So I guess it was like the whole straightaway of the track. So, uh, yeah, and just, just a bad deal all the way around. Just again, proves how dangerous the sport really can be. I know. And, and that USEC, especially it's, it's one of those things that we just, we love to toy in and, and, uh, and push the, the limits and, you know, sprint car racing with wings on top is, is scary enough. And and I've, I've sat in the pits, I've sat in the booth, I've sat in the grandstands watching USEC race. And part of the allure is how on the edge these guys are. And um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you can ever make these cars safe enough that, you know, they're going to keep going a little bit faster, two or three miles an hour faster this year. Four or five years later, they're going a couple miles an hour faster. And before you know it, you're way past that limit that we should be going. But we keep pining for it because it's so exciting and uh, it just sucks when uh, when you lose somebody. I think he was 26. Uh, I was going to say 27, but yeah, very young. Yeah. Tough there. So uh, definitely our thoughts and prayers going out to his family and uh, fans as they're dealing with this tough time. Dirk, yeah, you had also been, you'd also I'm texted gonna... me that we had somebody locally that lost some people. Correct. That's what I was going to say. We had uh, uh, a longtime racer from the area that uh, looks like he switched over to doing motorcycle stuff right now. But a uh, uh, very good racer in the area, Jerry Warner. Um I still believe he's uh, out of Papillion area, maybe La Vista, but uh, he evidently uh, lost his father a week ago, and uh, uh, that was due to dementia and COVID combination. Evidently, both his parents had caught COVID over Thanksgiving, and then, uh, as he put it on Facebook, that his mother passed away just uh, several days later of a broken heart. Mm. So, Man, that's tough. Sorry yep. to hear that. It's uh, 
luckily I haven't had the experience to lose my parents. I, uh, as I actually sit here today, I got a text message from my mom, a very nice one. Cause I missed Easter yesterday. I was busy working and it kind of makes you kind of stop and think maybe I should stop working so much and spend a little more time with the family. Yeah. That's what they always say. You know, you're one time you're going to regret it. I, I was young when I lost my dad, I've still got my mom, but I lost a friend when I was like 21 and I went through that exact thing that you just recommended. They called me. Um, I was working and living in Blair at the time and they called and wanted me to come down and watch Monday night football and play poker. And I declined because I had uh, to work in the morning. So I didn't go down and then he passed away in his sleep the following Wednesday or Thursday. So, you know, I kicked myself in the butt for a long time, but you know, it was just the decision I made and you don't think it's, you're never going to see somebody again because you won't go watch a football game and play poker with them. Yeah. It just doesn't you know? occur. You never think that. Yeah. Especially when you're 21, 22 years old, you certainly don't think it. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, let's get to the uh, sunnier side of things. Uh, well, I guess not the, dark side of the, of the moon, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not such sunnier news. Um, I had a you shared an article with me from three fifty sevens World of Dirt, a Facebook page that uh, had announced that Lucas Oil informed the Chili Bowl Nationals that they would not be renewing their contract to be the title sponsor for the Chili Bowl Nationals. And feels like it's a little bit of a scramble. I, I talked to somebody within the industry and they said that the Chili Bowl was not expecting this announcement. They were uh, fully expecting, uh, well, not, I don't know if expecting, but just not um, not expecting the, the news that, that uh, Lucas Oil was going to be pulling back. But this is something that, that Lucas Oil has been doing for a little while. They've pulled their sponsorship of major, um, you know, motorsports, fields you know from from uh boats to to you know high-speed boating competitions to motorcycles to they've pulled their sponsorships of a lot of stuff as they kind of reallocate where they're spending their marketing dollars yeah and in all honesty the only thing i can think of is it's all kind of a result of the pandemic you know it's just taken a few years to unwind and yeah uh, but it's, you know, it's just smart business. If that's what they got to do, that's what they got to do. Absolutely. And I, you know, the guy I talked to you about, and I, I kind of wondered if maybe this was a little bit of the shrinking of the petroleum industry. If again, I, you know, this is a little bit one-sided to, to what I'm experiencing, but I wonder if the popularity of EVs and the gas prices is causing people to cut back on the amount they're spending. And, and if you're, you know, like me and you're not spending money on at the gas pump, if, if it's starting to show and Lucas oil is seeing a little bit of pressure from this and they have to just get a little bit smarter with how much money they're spending. Yeah, it, it very well could be, you know, that could be playing a part in it, but uh, um, they do make, and I know a good portion of their revenue comes from big truck products, you know, mm -hmm. semi products, diesel products. So that's never going to change. It's never going to go away. Not in our lifetime anyway. Yeah. And I was uh, right up until I, I bought the, the, the model three Tesla, I was a big supporter of Lucas oil. I got the oil, the engine additive. And I'd always, you know, every two or three oil changes, I'd toss a little bit of fuel injector cleaners in the truck. And, you know, I'd, I'd see Lucas oil around there and I'm always kind of uh, a softy when it comes to anybody that's within the industry. And I definitely count as, 
Lucas Oil has been a major, major sponsor in the uh, racing industry. And and I, I don't know, especially the dirt industry, I can't think of anybody that has been deeper and longer within the community than Lucas Oil. Well, O'Reilly was big for a while, and then Lucas came in and, and kind of overtook what they were doing. Um, so maybe you'll see O'Reilly come back. I mean, Speedway Motors has always been good, but they're a little more Midwest. Uh, uh, I don't want to say located, but. Uh, um, Centric. Uh, yeah, centralized. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they're a little more. Uh, just in the area type thing. But Lucas Oil was doing stuff coast to coast. And uh, I haven't used a ton of Lucas Oil products. I still use a lot of STP stuff, and I have for years. Mm -hmm. The fuel injector cleaner, you know, the gas additive type stuff. I use about once every three months, you know. And, I mean, I drive a car with just under 200,000 miles on it. So it's got to work a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'd be walking once sometime, so... I, I yeah it, those are kind of one of those little deals that like I like I said I always put that engine oil additive you put mine was a five quart engine so I put four quarts of oil and then one of these engine oil additives and it's supposed to kind of help get a little bit get the engine oil a little bit thicker especially when it gets to higher temperatures like long road drives and or long road trips and and hot days that it's supposed to continue to help coat the engine and, and keep it well lubricated and you never know if it works but I like I said I I fully supported those guys that they, they did a great job supporting dirt racing so I always tried to take care of them whether it worked or not I was buying their products and putting it in my truck yeah and uh, the way I look at some of that stuff is is once you're doing it um would you rather find out that uh it didn't work you know um yeah because you had 300,000 miles on your truck or would you regularly find out, boy, I wish I would have used it when you had 110,000 miles. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So. Uh, hopefully uh, Lucas oil can keep things going again and, um, and they can continue to support the industry. They're not going away completely they're, and they're not really going away. They're, they're just, they're pulling back their sponsorship of some of the stuff they're doing. And my understanding is that they're, they're doubling down their focus on the Lucas oil late model series and, uh, and I think, uh, the Lucas oil TV, what is now, man, I've lost track of where that's at. Is that now Mav TV, which is now flow racing? Uh, well, I thought, yeah, I think Mav absorbed the Lucas deal and now they've been basically absorbed by flow, I guess, but the best way to put it, I mean, just yeah. merge. So I've lost track. <laughs> honestly which which way it went but uh we'll move along the big breaking story out of nascar do you want to start with a cody Ware story for nascar or should we start farther back where uh nascar has amended the rule book we could probably go all the way back i don't know if we ever covered the penalties from richmond uh the hendrick two of the hendrick cars got penalized right 24 and 48 both got taken back to the r&d and in their subsequent teardown, and they still haven't been specific yet, but evidently there's something um, that they penalized for about the greenhouse. I don't know if it's the way it's attached, if they move some bars three millimeters here or there. I mean, the greenhouse is now bolted to the front and the rear clip. Plain and simple bolted. Did they maybe weld it to make it more secure? 
I really, I have no idea. I haven't seen anything specific on it, but those two cars got penalized 60 points, owner and driver points. I don't remember what the specific fine was. I just remember the point deal because I took, I had taken Bowman at the Richmond race and uh, they didn't take the points off in our fantasy league until today. Mm -hmm. It's been adjusted today because I went from first to uh, 17th, I think. So anyway, uh, there'll be another appeal coming, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and with that appeal, I was finally able to find the news article. Um, NASCAR has amended their penalty protocol. Basically what they have done is that they have removed the ability for the appeals panel to modify the penalty, uh, the punishment portion of the penalty. So in the case of the Hendrick Motorsports teams where they made their argument and the appeals panel still said, we believe that they, they did violate the rule book with modifying a single source part, but they decided to remove the hundred point penalty for the driver and owner plus the 10 bonus playoff point penalty they received. And they just stuck with the four race suspension for the respective crew chiefs and the hundred thousand dollar fines. Uh, now starting effective immediately, NASCAR has amended the rule book to where basically the appeals panel gets to decide this is a, a, a valid, uh, infraction of the rules or it's not, they don't get to change the size of the penalty. Yeah. And see, that's just total BS. I mean, NASCAR grabbed their ball and said, I'm not playing by those rules anymore. I'm going home. They're butthurt. Well, but but look at NASCAR's side of it. They, the appeals panel has taken the teeth away from NASCAR's penalties every, nearly every single time, and not even close. Well, sure. If if what's the you listen, you're Hendrick Motorsports, and you're now thinking we could start modifying points, and all we have to do is appeal the penalty, and we're going to pay a hundred thousand dollar fine. Our crew chiefs are going to take a couple days suspension, but we're pretty deep in the in the roster for crew chiefs. We'll be all right there. The it, the, the 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 points penalty, the the monetary portion, of the penalty hurts a little bit, but it really, when it all comes down to what we're trying to do or what they're trying to do on a weekly basis, that hundred points penalty hurt a lot. Exactly, and, but but NASCAR screwed up giving them that penalty. How it was an L one penalty. Them. They penalized them for a part that was never in competition. That doesn't matter. So if if somebody showed up to to Sunset Speedway and you caught them pre-race, you wouldn't wouldn't fine them. You wouldn't do anything to them. Absolutely. No. We'd tell them they had to fix it before they went on the track. And that's what what they did. And then they fined them afterwards after they let them run legally. Exactly. They brought a cheated up part that they've got us – it relieves the, the 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 pressure of having to find these guys if there is a consequence for bringing cheated up parts to the racetrack, whether it gets to race or not. Yeah, and see, that's that's where you've never been in that shoe and know nothing about the inspection process. I don't need to be in that shoe, man. You do. It, 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 it you makes do. it doesn't matter. There's there's something called premeditated in our law system. If they can prove that you had a premeditated intent to do something you are just as guilty it's it's no different in my book so if if you think about killing somebody you should go to jail for murder that's just what you said 
Well, if you bring a gun to somebody's office and you decide you're going to shoot them up, but somebody tackles you ahead of time, it's not like they said, well, we caught you before you killed somebody, so have on your way to merry old day. No, you go to jail. Yeah, but, but you're, we're talking about two totally different things here, Dan. I don't That's think we I've are. That's why I've had a process for years. I was involved in it very heavily for five years. When you find an illegal part, you take it. Right then and there, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. You take it. NASCAR didn't do that. Okay, so, and again, it goes back to a couple of weeks ago when we had this conversation. Because one tech official screwed up and didn't take it that time, or somebody screwed up and didn't take it that time, NASCAR's hands are tied and they're not, they're allowed to let Hendrick Motorsports go out there and run these illegal cars? Well, why didn't they let them run them and then go penalize them later? We don't know that. But the, in my, in my book, it doesn't matter. Hendrick Motorsports brought illegal cars to the racetrack. They got caught. They were penalized. And then the appeals panel took the penalties and, and cut them in half. And okay, NASCAR said, you. we're not doing that anymore. This is our sport. This is our rule book. And if you're going to bring an illegal car to the racetrack, we're going to be able to find you. However, the rule book is set up. Then just go ahead and make very specific penalties. They got an L1 penalty this week for Richmond. And it's not the same as the L1 penalty from the other race. And I thought. Why, is I Why thought did that, Pollock not get the same appeal process as Hendrick did? That's a whole other conversation. No, <laughs> you, know, you made a, you made a great argument rules. about that last week. It's the same freaking rules. And so I want to go back to talking about I I thought that there is a rule book that says L1, L2, L3, L4, that there is an area of points penalty, monetary penalty, and suspension. Correct. It's very vague. Very, very vague. They it's need not to very vague. It's, it's more Level defined. One hundred points, ten playoff points, all these fines, all these suspensions. That's it, what it is. It's They're far more defined than when you were working the truck series. They should get rid of the appeals panel now. Absolutely, because they can't change anything. They can. They could decide if NASCAR was in the wrong to penalize these guys. Yeah. But we've we've talked about it. it, and it's in news articles. Hendrick Motorsports got a slap on the wrist for bringing illegal parts to the racetrack. Single source illegal parts, not this gray area stuff. This is here's your part. We source it. We set up the parameters. We provide it to you guys, and now you guys are modifying it so that you can get an advantage. And we and we got to nip that in the bud. Illegal wheels and ran a race with it and got no penalty at all. Who did? Penske. They ran the Daytona 500 with this car, the very first race with this car, with illegal wheels that they'd modified and got no penalty. I thought they did get penalized for that because they were complaining because NASCAR provides the wheels or Goodyear provides the wheels. Yeah, they were complaining about it, but they got no penalty, not one dime, not one point, nothing. Go back and research it. I already did. There's nothing. No penalty at all. All right, so because they didn't do anything then, they can't ever do anything now. You either play by the rule book or you don't. I don't care which way you want to do it. Just make it fair for everybody. I always did that as an inspector. And one time, one time in my 18 years of doing inspection work, I made a mistake. I stood up at the pit meeting in front of 100 drivers and said, look, guys, I blew this one. I'd already apologized to the driver. A NASCAR won't do that. NASA's not going to admit a mistake. That's what the appeals penalties rules there for. It's what their panel is there for. For them to make this rule is just total communism. 
Well, it's always been communism. No, it Everybody hasn't. has always said it. It's NASCAR's ball. It's NASCAR's court. It's NASCAR's game. They decide yeah. what happens in this sport. Then why do they have an appeals panel to change their decisions? I You'd have to ask NASCAR that. But I, the way I remember it is that the teams were – the teams basically demanded it, and NASCAR gave in and allowed them to have it. Oh, that appeals panel has been around for a hell of a long time. That's nothing new. Nothing new. They always had to have some place to go. Okay. And I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. If Hendrick decided that he wanted to go ahead and take the hit, he could shut down his shops and put those four cars on the shelf, and NASCAR would fall apart like a they they'd smash like an aluminum can under your foot. Mm. They can't afford to lose four Hendrick's cars. What's what are the four Hendrick's cars paying NASCAR? I want to say just roughly 20% of the fans at every race are rooting for a Hendrick car. You know, they sell a hell of a lot of NASCAR merchandise. They absolutely do. It would definitely hurt. You, I don't know if don't it, would, it would hurt. You don't think it would hurt NASCAR if they didn't show up? I just said, I absolutely think it would hurt. I absolutely yeah. think it would hurt. I don't think that NASCAR would fold, but it would absolutely hurt them. You know, which is probably why they gave in and gave the appeals panel to the teams however long ago they did it but and then they put handcuffs on the appeals panel that's just stupid no ifs ands or buts nascar takes another another step toward pushing people away let's uh let's change gears just a little bit we'll talk about cody Ware. uh unfortunately this young man is uh oh boy i don't know really know what to say other than uh he was arrested on i believe on uh monday yesterday um after he um uh, was uh, charged with aggravated assault? Well, I'm thinking he was arrested probably on Saturday because he missed Sunday night's race for a personal issue. Mm -hmm. He wasn't in the car Sunday night. So I'm guessing that the whole thing happened Saturday. But uh, he was, he was, according to the Iridale County Jail records, where was booked Monday morning? Um, and if then, he was arrested Saturday, he had to wait for a judge to come in on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it uh this is uh this is some tough stuff. Uh, obviously he's uh so he's facing felony charges for adult uh, assault by strangulation as well as misdemeanor assault on a woman. His bond was set at three thousand dollars. Uh I saw some posts that his career is done, he's done forever, yada yada. Uh I don't necessarily agree with that because nascar does allow a uh you know in the situation of kurt bush if he is found to be innocent and the charges are dropped then he'll be reinstated if he's found to be guilty and nascar decides they would like to have him back he could follow the road to uh recovery or the road to whatever they call it nowadays where he's going to take anger management classes for a couple of weeks well I think if he's found guilty, I don't think NASCAR will reinstate. I think I would agree with that. I, there won't be any sponsors that'll back him either. But um, the uh, uh, the fact that he drives in multiple series, um, you don't know what's going to happen with that. He does some IndyCar stuff, and you know he's got his irons spread around there with his dad's money. Mm -hmm. um, he. Uh, by the way, this is Cody is the son of Rick Ware that owns the race team. Right. And uh, I did read two different articles. 
One stated many witnesses, another article stated eight witnesses. If there are eight witnesses to this, <laughs> he's in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Man, and it just sucks. He's he's one of these athletes that us as the everyday person is just looking there going, man, you had it. You had everything. And whatever happened, I, I think it'd be a little irresponsible for us to to speculate on what happened. But whatever happened, and, and there's multiple witnesses or eight witnesses, it, it's going to be tough for him to get out of it. Uh, and, and if he is found guilty, you know, uh, that, that's not going to that's not going to go very well. Yeah, everybody on the NASCAR posts all over Facebook, innocent till proven guilty. NASCAR's already sent the president precedent several years ago with Kurt Busch. Mm-hmm. And once everything was resolved, Kurt Busch was reinstated. Everybody's saying, I'd be suing NASCAR. Yeah, well, you just broke the rule in the rule book because yep. they've got their driver conduct policy. And, uh, you know, you say I'm going to be a good boy while I'm a NASCAR driver. And, well, Cody wasn't a good boy this weekend. And you know, it, in the Kurt Busch situation, for those of you who don't remember, he was um, accused by his longtime girlfriend, and I don't remember her name off the top of my head, of uh, yeah. of of assault. She wasn't a longtime girlfriend because he'd already oh. been divorced once. Yeah, I thought I thought that uh, that they well, I guess they might have been like eight or nine months or something like that. I was thinking it was long term, but I think you might be right without you mentioning it. She also turned into being a complete con woman. She supposedly <laughs> had some, yeah, you know, international security company, and she ran all these foundations. And she's actually she might be out of prison now, but she went to prison for fraud with a bunch of these foundations she supposedly worked for. Yeah. or owned or whatever so so backing up to the story she accused kurt of of doing this and i believe he missed it was right before the was it right before the daytona 500 yes and so he missed he ended up missing like four races they had a quick trial basically it was dropped right off the gate because there was she had no evidence that he ever did anything and and you kind of look at pictures of her and him and if he ever came at her in a angry manner, I'm pretty sure she could have fought him off. Um, yeah, she was she was a, a physically fit yeah. woman. And I believe she owned a company that uh sold uh arms. She was a she was a uh munitions retailer. And she also had a foundation, uh, I don't remember the name of it, that they supposedly donated a portion of the money to military groups uh, to help with veteran suicide and PSTD and that kind of stuff. PTSD. I always get that wrong. I apologize. Uh, and then uh, she was investigated by the uh, securities, uh, by the F I believe the FEC and found to be uh, embezzling money through that company. And uh, she was uh, a warden of the state for quite a while. Yeah, she had, uh, she was just a little crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, a lot crazy. But in Kurt's instance, he's the one of the few times that that a, a man was accused of assaulting a woman, and he was completely exonerated. But you can't take away the impact that it had on his career and his image that uh, he missed those four races uh, under suspension, and he didn't sue NASCAR. I mean, it's it's something that every sports outlet will do, every team will do that that if you're accused of a of a crime they're pretty much going to sit you down uh, for the time being until things work their way out in the court system. So um, I, I guess to those people on social media that are saying innocent until proven guilty, uh, the, the NASCAR and our legal system are different things. 
Well, and it's in the public sector too. I mean, there's plenty of businesses. If if you were a some type of manager or a supervisor at any type of a Fortune 500 company, and this came out in the paper, you're probably axed immediately. Yeah, you're going to be put on administrative leave for the time being, and then eventually whatever ends up happening, if you end up do exonerating yourself, you'll be reinstated. And if you're in a found and guilty, they're going to cut your, your butt loose. Yeah, I mean, it's, so it's not just NASCAR. That's, right. It's a, kind of an across-the-board situation. Ah, yeah, yep. Uh, so tough thing there for Cody Ware, and um, we'll just wait and see what happens there. Let's talk about the – is there any of the news articles you can think of? Because I kind of ran into the uh, recording session. I didn't get a chance to really pull up a lot of news that we needed to talk about. Um, no, I mean, uh, they had some good racing up at Harlan, I understand. They had some good racing at – was it Off-Road Speedway mm-hmm. where they ran the stock cars? So yep. I, I did see uh, – um, Results from both places. I know there was a lot of guys posting Facebook lives from both places, but I don't watch those because I don't support the theft from the promoters at those tracks. So, yep. You know, I wish the people would quit doing it. If you want to film it, you know, video it, video it, but don't go Facebook live, video it, show it after the last green flag drops. I got no complaints there, but otherwise you're stealing from the promoter, plain and simple. Preach it, my friend. <laughs> I did uh, actually uh Anthony made a a post on Saturday from Harlan with the SLMR guys <clears throat> and uh I happened to go on and read the post and there's one comment sure enough it was somebody from a faraway desert offering a streaming of the race yep so I posted something right on the page and then I messaged over to Anthony and it was taken down soon but you know, I hope nobody bothered to send them any money because that's what I posted. This race is not being streamed. Don't support the scammers and maybe they'll quit scamming. That's right. So. Um, yeah, I, I say congratulations to uh, to Stu Snyder. And I think Jason Martin won the, the they won. Uh, Jason won Friday and Stu won Saturday of the Malvern Bank 360s at Harlan. Um, I saw J.C. Wyman and uh, Jesse Sobbing won. For the super late models? Um, Jesse won Saturday. I think it was uh, Corey Zeitner and J.C. Wyman won on Friday, I think. Okay. All right. Uh, those results, uh, again, you can find them on my race pass, Shelby County Speedway, Harlan, Iowa. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad that they had – and they had beautiful weather. Oh, man, it was so nice on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, I stayed home. I got antibiotics on Friday for this crap I got. Hmm. All I know is every time I take a pill, I cough. It takes about an hour, and then I cough for two hours. So, Let's talk. Uh, we got about five minutes left in our recording session. All Let's right. talk the Food City Dirt Race at Bristol Motor Speedway. Um, you, you, just, you, you pretty much guessed it, who I took on Sunday night. Oh, I could tell. Yeah. When the fast car ends up in the back, I know Dan took it. Yep. I had that situation a couple of years ago. So. <laughs> just, I just got home from the bar for bartending and I was getting ready to turn the race on. And I looked at my phone and you said, you took Larson, didn't you? <laughs> yep. And then I went downstairs and promptly looked and he was doing his post-race interviews and the car was junked and 
He ended up finishing 35th after winning stage one and finishing third in stage two. Um, yeah, it, uh, I watched the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he got, uh, I really didn't see what happened to start with between him and Ryan Priest, but then they were doing a little banging on a caution. And then that's who he finally got into it was when uh, he really got a lot of damage with Ryan Priest. And Ryan Priest just laid on him and, you know, kept beating on him and beating on him. I will mm-hmm. not be surprised if there's some type of discipline coming to Ryan Priest, whether it's a probation type deal or a small fine or something like that. But uh, it was pretty deliberate. And if NASCAR doesn't do something, again, they're setting another precedent with all the other stuff they've been doing. It'll make no sense. And my only gripe for the race, it was actually pretty good racing. Um, Again, it wasn't always up front, but there was a lot of good racing in the top three or four spots. But they were very, very, very inconsistent with their yellow flag. Hmm. There were several times when cars spun and they'd leave leave them sitting there as cars were going by them and then they'd put it out and then the next time they wouldn't put it out it was and one time who was it spun i think it was kyle bush spun and he actually spun down the track with no traffic by him and spun right to the entrance of pit road and they threw a yellow (laughs) and i I uh, actually saw that caution i i so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I'm sure you've seen a video clip of the MVP of the night, which was Michael McDowell, that did two complete 360s during the race and never caused a yellow. Never hit anybody. But 360s coming out of the corners. I don't know if they were two or four, but he was coming out of the corner and 360 two different times and saved it. And I think he still ended up with a top 15 finish. Well, a lot of good um, racing with Briscoe, Reddick, and... Uh, well, Kyle Larson, the first half of the race, Christopher Bell, a lot of good racing. Austin Dillon spent a lot of time up the front. It was really hustling. So, yeah, there was a, a lot of good racing. Bad day for Joey Logano. Ended up finishing tail end Charlie in 37th. What happened with old uh, Joey Logano? He, uh, um, I'm trying to remember what he thought he broke, but he wasn't sure. So he took a restart. And they went down into one, and I don't remember if it was one of the toe links was bent. And he ended up losing a little bit and got up over the cushion and slapped the wall a couple times and then caused all kinds of problems and then ended up breaking something in the front later on. And he was another one. I thought he was blowing up as he went down the straightaway smoking like a pig, but it was uh, something rubbing with the right front tire. And they couldn't get it fixed, so he went behind the wall. But another spot where there was no caution throw. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Davenport made his NASCAR Cup Series debut, finished 36th. Um, Actually was competitive um, and spent some time in the top 20. Mm -hmm. Until he spun once, and uh, I don't exactly know what happened, but he spun and uh, had the – he was in the middle of the corner – Got the back end up over the bottom berm, and uh, I don't know if he broke something or just got a couple laps down with that deal, but uh, it was another caution that was thrown. We talked about Kyle Larson finishing 
uh, 35th on the day. But uh, Kyle Busch looked like he had a pretty good race early on. Third in stage one, fifth in stage two, ended up finishing 32nd on the day. Yeah, he had uh, he was involved with some of the best racing on the night. Uh, him and uh, Dylan uh, Austin Dillon and uh, Tyler Reddick um, ran a couple, two or three laps with a couple slide jobs and everything. And uh, he ended up on the outside of a three wide. Uh, Dylan was in the middle and uh, Reddick was on the bottom. They didn't get together, but he just got a little heavy on the gas and slipped her up over the cushion and popped the wall and uh, ended up causing himself some damage. And then uh, later when he spun out and ended up right at the entrance of pit road through a yellow, that was one of the crazy deals of the race. But that three lap segment was some of the best racing of the night. Alex Bowman, 29th, Ross Chastain, 28th, uh, Ryan Priest, 24th, Ryan Blaney, 23rd, and Denny Hamlin, 22nd. That was kind of the uh, the other finishers. But like we talked about, Christopher Bell gets the win, 6th in Stage 1, 4th in Stage 2, led 100 laps, 52 points on the day. He's actually tied for the best of the day with Austin Dillon, who finished 3rd. Dylan also finished second in both stages. Tyler Reddick brings it home overall in second place. Then, uh, like I talked about, Austin Dillon, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and Chase Briscoe round at the top five. Justin Haley, Martin Truex Jr., Todd Gilliland, Kevin Harvick, and Ty Gibbs round out your top ten. Yeah. Um, the only real surprise into the top ten was where Harvick came from. I don't think he was in the top 20 for 90% of the race, but somehow snuck into the top ten at the end. But there was enough racing going on. Uh, Reddick had kind of fought back uh, through the field just a little bit uh, to start the last stage. And uh, it was about three-tenths, about three three or four car lengths behind Bell running down the last several laps of the race. So that's all they followed was to see if he could cut into that lead and, and try and take the lead. But uh, Bell was very smooth, uh, kept hitting his mark, and it wasn't to be so – some of those guys that snuck in further back in the top 10. No idea how they got there. Didn't get to see it. That's going to do it for us in turn number one. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Really, really cool cause that you guys need to get involved with. Josh and Joe Vaughn of Rice, Ralston High School are going to join us to talk about the Ralston High School car show coming up April 29th. Dirk, this is a really cool event that you got to get your kids out to. Yeah, well, you got to get your kids, got to get yourself. It's always good to, to look at cool cars. I hope they get a weather date. I really do. Um, I hope they get a good turnout. They're trying to raise money for this new program they've started. They've started an automotive department at Ralston High School. Um, Jovan will talk about it, you know, what they've got going on. But uh, they're planning on entering some contests. So they're trying to, to uh, build some money up for the program uh, to be able to do a little traveling, go to some of these contests take their students and show what they've learned, show what they can compete. Um, I think it's going to be a good program. Both gentlemen, uh, uh, you're going to listen to them. They're, yeah. they're great to talk to. Uh, Jovan uh, seemed very intelligent. Um, you know, I think they're, he's going to be an excellent instructor for these kids after talking to him. Uh, I know I'm going to try to be there. Um, I know I'm going to try and make a, a night here and uh, go down and talk to them a little bit about their auto show. Uh, they do some some club stuff. Um, I got to get in touch with him about doing that here in the next couple of weeks. That is a Saturday. Again, it's April 29th from 10 to 1 o'clock at the Ralston High School, 89th and Park Drive. Just five bucks to get in. There's raffle prizes, food trucks, vendor booths, 
and best in show prizes for all the classic cars. Get out to the Ralston High School Auto Show uh, coming up April 29th. Like I said, uh, Josh and Joe Vaughn are going to join us coming up in turn number two to get you guys more details. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the podcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. A new hard drive from Tailored Computers and Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're gonna get your same computer back but it's gonna run faster, cooler, and the battery's gonna last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two. We're going to kick things off talking about the Ralston High School. First off, thanks Quaker Steak and Loop for presenting turn number two on the front stretch as they have done for so many years. Wings, burgers, and steaks have been the name of the game for so many years, but just recently, actually last year, they added pizza, and it took a long time for them to add this because Chris said, I don't want to just throw a pizza out there on the menu. I want it to be good quality ingredients. So he tested different sauces. He tested different cheeses, different ingredients. Crust. Stuff that, oh, the crust was the really tough part was getting the right kind of crust that he could send it through the right kind of pizza machine and it would come out delicious. I think they've done a really good job with it. My favorite ingredient on there is the Paparico's pasta sauce. Uh, my favorite pizza is that cheeseburger pizza. And it's a really, really good pizza. <laughs> They're known for wings, burgers, and steaks, but go down there and try out one of their pizzas today. And, man, as we talk about it, we're getting into April. Those classic car shows should be coming around pretty quickly. We're sitting down at the uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts World of Wheels Auto Show talking about auto racing, talking about auto shows, staring at all these beautiful cars, and uh, Classic Car Cruising is going to be kicking off here in just a couple of weeks down at Quaker Steak and Lou. Make sure to follow their Facebook page for the latest details and when the uh, opening night is exactly going to be. But right now, we're going to talk about the first annual Ralston High School Auto Show. Yeah, we've got uh, evidently Dr. Josh Wilkin with us. I'm not sure where his doctor is. I don't oh. think it's medical, but I'm not sure. No, I'm, I'm not a, a real doctor. I'm just a fa uh, fake doctor. I just write papers. Oh, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to solve any medical issues. Oh, you're, you're a, a chiropractor. You're just a, a fake doctor. A doctorate of? Educational Wait. administration. I heard okay. chiropractor, and I was telling a story that yesterday when we recorded, I had to move 30 cases of alcohol, so i got a back that could use a little bit. Are you a chiropractor? Doctor? Oh, I'm, I'm no. not going to be much help to you there. And he's brought with him, is it Jovan? Jovan, yep. Jovan Lucero. Um, and evidently you're the instructor yep. at Ralston High School then. Correct. Great. 
Great. And uh, they're going to get us up to speed here on their first annual car show. They're going to uh, uh, try and do some uh, a little bit of fundraising. Uh, is it actually to help cover the fees and everything in the auto shop class then? Is that what it's about? Um, part of it is uh, the uh, auto shop. Uh, the other part would be for SkillsUSA. Um, uh, SkillsUSA is a place where our students could go compete. Um, in automotive, welding, construction. Okay. Um, a lot of that would pay for, you know, their room fees and board, to get travels. Room and board travel fees. Yeah, absolutely. That stuff um, gets expensive. Yeah, and I plan for my guys to make nationals, and that's in uh, <laughs> Atlanta, Georgia. If you're so, going to have a goal, put it on the top. <laughs> absolutely. So we, we want to make sure we make a statement that, you know, we're here for SkillsUSA and we're going to be competing. Um, this is my first year as an instructor, uh, so I made it a priority to make sure that, we are going to be the best automotive high school in the state. There you go. I, I know. I mean, I went to Northwest, but way back when. And uh, but I am actually. Uh, I didn't graduate from Metro Tech because I got a job before I graduated. But yeah, I'm an auto tech guy, so I know exactly you know where you're headed in that direction. But mm -hmm. you know, I can do a lot with points that you probably can't do. Yeah. No. <laughs> I've been trained a little bit on it, but no. <laughs> okay. So exactly what we got going with the auto show then. Um, yeah, so basically we, we're going to have a bunch of food trucks there. I think we're up to three right now. Um, my students are welding and creating their trophies. So they're using old engine parts or old connecting suspension rods, parts, connecting cetera, rods. Yeah. Cool. So uh, I got a student actually making a chair or stool with, uh, with the crankshaft and uh, flywheel as a base. And oh, there you go. So um, things like that, um, you know, we're going to... Try to get uh, some fire department, police department out there for the kids to see some of the, you know, those cars as well. Oh, yeah. You know, our goal is to have 140 cars. You know, we want to represent. We want to fill up the entire parking lot at Ralston High School. Uh, we've got five sponsorships, three still available. Uh, we've got vendor booths available as well. Uh, like Mr. Lucero was saying, we're also going to have food trucks. But this is going to be a great fundraising event. Our goal is to raise $10,000 for Auto Club and for Skills USA, and just to give our kids more opportunities uh, to be as industry aligned as we possibly can with our equipment, getting them prepared for state and national level competitions, and really just about creating experiences and opportunities for students. Are you guys uh, uh, going to do any judging, et cetera, at the auto show? Um, we're still working on that. I, I wanted the kids to be involved, the kids that are in the auto club, so I want them to be the judges um, just and pass out the trophies that they've made. Um, but do we have a judge that, you know, has experience in car shows? I, I don't have that connection yet. <laughs> Sounds like I have the connection now. So, Dirk, by the way, those uh, on the podcast, Dirk just raised his hand very emphatically. <laughs> yeah, so you're so in then. April 29th, you'll be there. It's what I, I just heard. It's kind of a little bit ahead for me, but I'd like to come down uh, maybe sometime and uh, talk to the kids and maybe do like an hour's worth of training on it. I'd be glad to yeah, help no, with that. Absolutely. No, that sounds yeah. excellent. Uh, we usually have Auto Club every Tuesday and Thursday. So after okay. school, about 3.30. So if you can help them out, kind of seeing what they're looking for. Uh, when they ju judge these cars, I think that would be a great opportunity for them to learn that. Yeah, you know, and, and yeah, if I can make it on the 29th, I'm all in. You yeah. know, uh, I try and get to as many shows as I can. And, and we really enjoy doing our shows basically about all the racing stuff. But like uh, here last month, we talked to Peter Fink when he was doing, uh, what was his kids deal he just uh, did? Drive 35, keep kids alive. Yeah. <coughs> Drive 25, right. keep At his kids museum. alive. You know, for his museum, mm -hmm. yeah. And, of course, we, we like coming down here, and, of course, we do some PR stuff for 
you know, the world of wheels. And yeah. as you just heard, we do PR stuff for the auto shows over at Quaker Steak for one of our great sponsors. Uh, so, yeah, if I can, uh, you know, come out and help out, I'll be more than happy to. Um, are you guys going to do any raffling type things, 50-50 raffles? Uh? Yeah, so we have the 50-50 raffle that we are um, setting up now. Um, there is some sponsors that are going to give out. I know Maria's. Uh, can I name drop? Sure, oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I know Maria's is going to you know, give us uh, a gift card. Um, Great tacos at that. Oh, yeah, that's right. The, so. the, uh, the gravy on the burritos. That's <laughs> uh, the best. I love those fried tacos. Oh. No, we, the, we've been very fortunate. Are, are, the margaritas are something to watch out for. Yes, they are. I think I've eaten their fried tacos <laughs> before you guys were born. <laughs> no, then, we've been very fortunate, like Mr. Lucero was saying, to have some of our sponsorships. Jensen Tire and Auto, LKQ have already been official sponsors, and then some of our food vendor sponsors like Maria's have just been outstanding. And uh, One of the questions that I've gotten from folks so far about registration is, you know, can we enter motorcycles? Can we enter unique vehicles? and some other things you know we've broken this up by different classes classic American classic foreign and, and the such but man we want to see bikes we want to see you know military vehicles if they want to be a part of this uh, as mr. Lucero was saying our police and firefighters you know those kinds of folks we want to be this to be a community event uh, and to be family friendly and to get as many people out there as possible yeah I, I will give you as since it's your first show just a little piece of advice don't make 50 different classes for the judging, mm -hmm. cut it down. I mean, you're going to have to combine some of the classes that they normally would have separated. But for your first year, kind of you know, simple is better type deal. Just thing, keep it simple, stupid. We're talking uh, with Josh and Yvonne about the first annual Ralston High School Auto Show. I love where you guys are having this. I apologize if I missed it when I was tapping on my computer, uh, but it's right there at uh, Stocks and Bonds. Um, 89th and Park Drive? It's going to be at our high school parking lot. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's down the street about three yeah, blocks. Just yeah. down the street okay. from Stocks and Bonds. So, yeah, we're right at 80 or 85, 45, uh, excuse me, 89, 69 Park Drive. So just right down the street from Abelardo's and Stocks and Bonds and some okay. of those businesses. All right, great deal. And, and a nice big parking lot with it being a school, so there's not going to be an issue with room. Uh, sounds like a lot going on. What else have you guys got going on that we haven't even got to scratch the surface yet? Um, well, these are two of my students here from the auto club right hey, here. Guys. You guys can see them. Um, a lot that we've been working on is trying to get them ready for the next level. Um, so going into Metro, going to Wild Tech, going to Southeast Community College. Uh, we've been taking a lot of trips uh, out there to visit. Um, that's the biggest thing right now for me is making sure that um, they are ready for that next step. I have kids entering next year to Woodhouse. They're going to do internships at uh, Jensen. H&H, &H. so that's a couple of other steps that we haven't talked about is yeah. getting them to that next step. Yeah, I, I just had a, a very good friend of mine, well, Dan knows him too, Dave Wilson. Yeah. His boy just graduated here this last year from UNO, there, Northwest Ohio, and he's now working at an engine shop in Oklahoma. Yeah. So, you I, know, kind of living his dream. You guys <laughs> mentioned Metro Community College. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got a little bit of a connection there with uh, Joe Baker, good friend of mine and a client of Taylor Computers and Repair. He's a Ralston uh, High grad as well. Fantastic <laughs> instructor down there at, at Metro. And uh, they're doing I, – I went over there one night to drop off a computer that I worked on. He took me around. And, I mean, you want to talk about state-of-the-art. Oh, yeah. I, I thought Metro Community College, building? like, it's a community college, so it was going to be good, but – Man, that no. place is beautiful. Yeah, their automotive program is a monster. It's, yeah. You know, they have the uh, Toyota program, and I know they have the Dodge program there as well. So a lot of – we took a couple on a field trip there, 
a couple students there and they loved it. Yeah. Um, just from their body shop to their automotive program, how much room, how much, how clean it is, how nice it is. It kind of gave them that other perspective of things. Well, I know from going there, and I mean, even though, <clears throat> excuse me, when I started in 77, mm-hmm. you didn't have Toyotas, Nissans, all that stuff. You know, you had a whole bunch of GM cars. You had the Pontiacs, the Buicks, Oldsmobiles, you know. So it was all American-made stuff. So it was a lot different, but still, even then, what they had was state-of-the-art. Well, and it was all brand new in 1877. I mean, you were really cutting edge with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, when I was a kid and the dinosaurs died, we had to do something for fun. So. Yeah, we've been extremely fortunate. We've got an automotive advisory made up of industry leaders, post-secondary partners, and Metro Community College has been a consistent partner to us. A lot of our students go on to MCC, and they train there. Uh, Mr. Lucero talked about... Um, all of our partnerships and the paid internships that our students do in Automotive Academy too, uh, that eventually leads to those post-secondary education opportunities with MCC. We are extremely fortunate. We are the only ASE accredited program in the entire state. You know, talking about what's next, we're going to be looking at um, opportunities for dual credit for students to start taking college classes with Mr. Lucero in high school in the near future. So a lot of good things on the horizon, and this event's going to be able to help support that. Great. Awesome deal. And, and I'm, I'm a huge proponent of the trades yep. obviously you know we got uh we need people in jiffy lubes and in h and h working on these vehicles and and you know fixing the, diagnosing those things uh so this is awesome i'm, I'm always a huge supporter of this stuff because i'm not a big fan of the four-year college anymore it's way too expensive you're you're stuck behind a, a student loan at for decades and when you could jump into a market you know couple of years at Ralston High School, hopefully four years, not five. Yeah, four years. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then maybe move on to two years at Metro, and you're in the industry right away getting paid really, really well. And that's our goal. You know, we want to help students find their, their right fit, matching their interests, their strengths, with whatever their post-secondary outcomes are going to be. And so for a lot of our students, particularly those students that are interested in the trades, you know, it's going into the workforce, apprenticeships, looking at post-secondary opportunities like MCC. And so we're grateful for those partnerships. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would also um, get into the electric, uh, electric cars quite heavily. Right, Dan? Yeah, well, it seems to be the wave of the Tesla future. Driver, <laughs> Tesla driver. So. No, it definitely uh, looks like it may go that way in the future. Um, so I have a plan to make sure I incorporate the electrical stuff into my program um, here in the next year. Yeah, just a multi-volt meter deal. Mm-hmm. It's all you need, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we got an electric engine donated from, remind, I can't. Uh, MH Equipment. MH Equipment. Um, they brought us a, a the electric, motor. electric motor, and the kids tore it up disassemble it and they were able to see the uh, coils inside how they were burnt up and what happened to it so it was pretty cool to see them that they were interested wow. in the electric side as much as the combustion side mm-hmm. it's uh, just kind of a side story I've, I've had trouble with so many people that are like so how often do you have to change the oil in your car and i'm like <laughs> you don't and they're like well there's moving parts so they got to be they got to be greased right and i'm like no it's an electric engine like yeah that's it there's no grease there's no oil there's nothing like it's for a guy that it I used to love, took all the fun out of it. It really <laughs> did. Like I, 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 when I had my Colorado, and and I had my Colorado for four years and almost 120,000 miles. Nobody touched that truck but me. Yeah, I was lucky that I never had to put it. Well, I guess. Well, you did take when, it, when it somewhere was in the, once. When it was in the accident, I had yeah, I did. I had to have somebody else do it. But oil changes, tire rotations, air filters, uh, radiator fluid flush, like that's all stuff that I learned how to do from my dad, who back in the day was an ASC certified mechanic, and so he would always kind of impressed that on me. And 
it was a tough change when I knew that I wasn't going to be changing the oil anymore in my car and or in my truck. So, it, but yeah, it's it, it, there's still going to be little maintenance things that oh, need yeah. to be done. You to still these need brakes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, and even in combustion cars anymore, none of your front end parts are greased. Yep. You know, there's yeah. no more yeah. research. I grew up with that stuff. Yeah. I remember that. That was always the last thing is to crawl underneath the truck and hit it, hit hit those zerts a couple of times until out just a little <laughs> bit. And oh yeah, that was probably a little bit too much. But yeah, yeah it's uh, those. I loved working with those things. So that, that's yeah. I, I love that you guys are doing that and, and getting the kids involved. No, absolutely, and they, and they love it. You know, this year I started off with uh, in my Auto One program um, with 14 kids. I have 63 signed up for next year's Auto One program. So wow. big jump. Fantastic. Great work. Great job. Guys, if you're available on uh, April 29th, I assume that's a Saturday? Saturday, yep. Uh, in the uh, Ralston High School parking lot, 8969 Park Drive. Make sure you get out there, walk around. Uh, food vendors, uh, lots, lots of uh, great classic cars to, to take a look at. And as we get closer to this, we'll make sure to post it on the Fred's yeah. page. And yeah. feel free to reach out to either of us uh, directly. My email address is joshua.wilken at ralstonschools.org, uh, W-I-L-K-E-N at ralstonschools.org. Uh, again, if you have any interest in being a participant in this event or sponsor or a vendor, any questions that we can answer, uh, we want to have you with us, and we want to do our best to, to fill the parking lot with a lot of great cars. And I can uh, vouch that he will answer if you hit him up on Messenger. On Facebook Messenger. <laughs> yes, sir. Good deal there. Guys, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate yeah, no, you coming thank you. on. Appreciate the opportunity. Good luck with the show, and let us know if we can help out in any other way. Yeah, appreciate it. That's going to do it for us today. Big thanks to Quaker Steak and Lou for presenting turn number two on the front stretch. Make sure you get down to the Lou for all the great sights, sounds, and food. Quaker Steak and Lou, at Council Bluffs, great presenter of the front stretch. And also, as always, get over to Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. That's going to do it for us today. Have a great week, everybody. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting. 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak and Lube. Great times, great food. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night, where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All You Can Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get too quick to steak and lube.